Welcome to We Shadows, the podcast about design and technical theater in the Twin Cities. I'm your announcer, Anita Kelling. Before we dive into this week's installment, we would like for you to take a moment to help us out. Please, if you haven't already, like our Facebook page and follow or subscribe on your chosen podcast platform. Also, if you can, leave a review on that platform or send us feedback on our Facebook page. Thank you for all your support. We really appreciate it. And now back to our regularly scheduled podcast. In this episode, costume designer Kathy Cole takes Liaza Barons through her process from contract negotiation to strike, laying down wisdom all the way. This conversation took place on January 9th, 2021. Kathy, I'd like to thank you for coming to our podcast. Um, and you are a costume designer, that is correct, right? That's right, a costume designer and technician, as many of us are in the, in the cities. Yes, that is true. Um, can you explain what um, a costume designer, technician person um, is in, like, kind of layman terms, kind of something for people who maybe don't do what we do <laughs> sure um and this is a my my perspective is from someone who prefers to work in smaller theaters mm-hmm. so it is you know it is that either um small professional house or non-equity house so this will change i have that very same mug so Absolutely. And I've I've taken some notes because, you know, I will forget something if I don't. So um, uh, mounting a a show is is fairly predictable. I mean, you have a certain structure that you follow. It's the it's the team and the uh, and the material that changes and makes it so exciting to work on this in this industry. Um, So I'll start with signing up for a production. Um, and that, and that includes, uh, signing a contract and agreeing to a contract, um, fee, budget, dates, just make sure those things are all, uh, acceptable. Sometimes I'm asked to, um, submit a projected budget, but that's pretty unusual at this time. I think it might be changing, um, so once you get the contract, read it thoroughly. And uh, if you have questions, ask right then so you can negotiate. Um, and don't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> so once you have agreed to a contract and you've signed it, um, then the next step uh, is uh, the collaboration starts. And I am putting out a caveat now that in in my experience, the collaboration pre-production process is often not uh, paid for and you don't get reimbursed for that. So we're hoping to um, address that too uh, in the uh, very near future. So your travel time, your time researching, your labor rendering, your meeting times, um, and things like that are not paid for right away. If they're paid for, it's usually a bit later on in the process. Um, So I also have a costume stock of my own, and I tend not to charge for that simply because of um, the... uh, the um, situations of, of the companies I work with and their, and their um, funding. So once you hire me, you get my stock. And that's something that we are all discussing as to uh, the costumers are as to whether that's really what we want to do. Um, <laughs> so there are lots of changes and rethinking and, and that, as you know, that are happening this, this down year, uh, down time year. 
All right, so I, I'm going to go back to what I actually do rather than <laughs> warnings. Um, no, that's fine. I absorb the playwright's words by reading and thinking and rereading and taking notes. And um, I collect images, and uh, it doesn't have to be specific to costumes. It can be just things that are evocative and, and remind me of this of this play. And I gather these things and uh, bring them to the director. And we talk about them and see how our different ideas line up and come to an agreement. Um, and this is, you know, as soon as we can get started on this, this is good because that gives everybody time to think. And then um, as as we move along, the, you know, uh, and talk with the other design team members, um, the style becomes more honed and um, more uh, clearer. And uh, then we go on to, um, what do I do next? Um, sometimes it's hard to remember what we do. <laughs> gosh, right? And sometimes it's hard to remember that it's a really great, <laughs> really great career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and when you're in dead in the middle of it. And you're um, busy and, and exhausted or tired. It's, right? It is hard to remember how much fun this is yeah it's so true it's so true and how unique it is as Andrea Gross was saying it's like it's a unique job yeah we have to remember that um so anyway I do all those things and we you know and and gather these things to support the the playwrights um the playwrights words mm -hmm. and uh discuss and then I ask questions like are there any specific costumes that are going to be a challenge is there blood is always a good one um, and are there understudies which I have a feeling we'll have many more of from now on um, mm -hmm. and then I um, take that information and I start to sketch costumes um, and get those approved and then come back and um, do a little fabric shopping if I need to, if that's where we're going, if I'm building, um, building, meaning sewing, um, any costumes. And um, then I do the sketches in color. Um, make sure that the, they get director approval. So there's a lot of back and forth with the director yep. and a lot of, you know, showing the, uh, the team what's going on and keeping them in the, in the loop. And uh, the next thing I have to do, because this means it's real, is I have to make my show Bible, um, which is uh, which is my brain. It's a, a binder. I do it old school. <laughs> I have to have it in my hand. Uh, it's a binder or, you know, a file on your on your um, computer of all your information, your schedules, your contact lists. Um, uh -huh. For me, it's costume lists. It's just a way to organize your brain and. When you're tired, it's great to have this uh, to fall As back on. clothing sizes and things like that. Yeah, measurements when they yeah. come in and, you know, where are you going to get this? And notes from the actors from their set. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's the show right there yeah. in black and white. Um, so after I do that, then we're, you know, usually it's time for a first rehearsal in which I will present my renderings to the company. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm... I call it my my point and grunt because it's for me it's easier to show what I'm you know in drawing or in my costumes themselves what I'm thinking than to verbalize it uh -huh. as you can no, probably I get the same tell. <laughs> really same I, for you. I always get every time um I hate when companies have me do it and I know it's important um but I always get so nervous. Oh, I bring no. my model in and I want to just like set my model down and walk away cuz my set <laughs> My set should speak for itself. Exactly. And so I always get so nervous because I don't do that. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do. How yeah. do I do that? Yeah. And so you know, I totally what you're doing right, right. What you're doing right there is when Wendy Knox took a picture of me presenting the convert, which was just uh -huh. you know a little while ago, and my shoulders <laughs> are up to my ears, and I'm mm -hmm. like really tense. It's yep. hilarious. I presented in front of a bunch of high school or college age students just last year. And I was so nervous. And I'm like, why am I nervous? I've right. done this in front of professional companies. <laughs> I've done this in so many times, but every single time it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, everything. So, so true. 
But some people are super. Some people are super good at it, though, and I or really, they're very really good at hiding it if they if they are nervous. Because I think go. there's a lot of them are also nervous, but they have mastered the art of pretending not to be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to work on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All right. Or just you know, who cares? Right. <laughs> the end product is going to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I need to. I need to remember that. <laughs> yeah. So this is a lesson that no matter how long you're doing this business, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in this for over 30 years and I'm still yeah. nervous, you know, yep. when I show what my thoughts are. It's yeah. yeah. I'm about 10 years at this point. Something oh, like that. that's crazy. <laughs> um, all right. And then uh, during the production time, which is what happens after that, I look through my personal stock and see what might work, you know, because I'm also, I have gotten measurements at that first rehearsal for any actor who's there. And that's the crux of that matter for me. That's what I really go there for. <laughs> um, so I take those measurements home and I look to see what I have that might work. And then it's just a, a question of collecting um through various sources. It could be uh, rental, it could be um, purchasing, it could be borrowing. I mean, it, we use all of these things to, to um, gather, um, gather options yeah. uh, for the fittings. And um, uh, I also do purchases of like underwear so that would be undershirts, anything that touches the skin, um, I, I would buy right then. Because if you wait until later, you get crunch for time. Yeah. And it's a real pain <laughs> to have to go to Target or whatever or order. Yeah. Um, so let's see what's next. Fittings. Basically, once I get things together, enough things together for an actor, I... Um, talk with the stage manager and the director and we arrange for fittings and we figure out how oftentimes this is done before how we're going to run those fittings and where, Mm -hmm. um, and whether we're going to interfere with the, um, with the rehearsal. And you can do this in small theaters that you can't really, I mean, there is a structure in larger theaters. So, um, and, uh, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a method that usually is, uh, changeable in smaller theaters. Um, and then I take those fittings home and I alter them as need be and add to them. And during fittings, I, I like to not only dress the the actors, but pick their brains as to, you know, what they're thinking and what they have in mind because it's collaboration and they are out there wearing whatever I put on them and they need to be, they need to feel, confident in that and um so they can do their best job they can do their best work um and feel like whatever i put on them supports what they're doing so and sometimes they don't know and sometimes it happens that they you know when they put on the costume they'll say got it you know which is right yeah i feel like i'm gonna ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i totally get that it makes sense though that like they have to embody those clothes. I know that like someone puts me in clothes that doesn't feel like me and that's wrong. Whereas like they're playing someone who's different, but they still need to feel like the, the right person. Whoever yeah. they're supposed to be playing. Yeah. You know, that's when it. I, when I was doing acting a huge long time ago, if I put on a wig, that's always the one, the, the one thing that did it for me is like, now I'm not, now I, now I don't yeah. see myself. Uh, <laughs> If it, if, um, if when you're in that fitting and like an actor is like 100%, like you love the design, let's say the director maybe loves it or whatever. I don't know. But like, what if the, if the actor really is like, this feels nothing like the character I'm playing. Is that a conversation where you kind of then, uh, stick to your guns and be like, no, my design is what I want. Or do you kind of do that? Like, let's have a little more conversations between you, your director and that person. You know, just because of my personality, I will say, let's talk about this and tell me where you're uncomfortable and um, let's work through this together so that we both feel that we're being heard. We're both Um, getting our artistic thing put forward. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there have been times, usually it's a huge show when, um, when I just 
don't make my um, make my design clear to someone and we get into fittings and I know this has happened and the person said Kath I just I I don't know where you're going with this I don't get it you know which was a very yeah. kind way of saying God this really sucks but yeah. um, but we you know I said and I I said yeah you're right I haven't really clarified what I mean by this. And you know, it may be because I don't even really know what I mean by this because it was something okay. that was added later. So let's figure out what this means. And if it doesn't work, then let's fix it. You know, yeah. I'm up for that and make it work. And, and, and at one time we decided just not to use that piece. Wasn't necessary. Another time, once I explained the situation and the costume and my, approach which was really helpful because it got straight in my mind yeah then you knew exactly what you were trying I to do I knew what I wanted to do and she knew what I wanted to do yeah, and yeah. she she uh was able to um to act that right. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. bring that it's into her approach way. yeah mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting though I actually I kind of like those I kind of like those I really like it when um I get a little push don't tell anyone when I get a little pushback, because um, that makes me, this. yeah, because it makes me work harder. Yeah, I mean, I work pretty hard, but it makes me work in a different way. Yeah. So. Well, we like that collaboration of another idea in there, in the room. Collaboration is the key word for me for this business. It's my yeah. favorite, favorite part, <laughs> you know, getting that creative spark going with different people's ideas is enormously exciting. So, yeah. Okay, so we're getting down to we're getting down to the uh, yeah, getting down to the load-in day. Woo! But I try to get all my notes. It doesn't always happen, but I try to get all my own notes done before first dress because there are always notes that come in mm -hmm. um, from the director, from the actors, from stage management, and. Uh, you know, there's usually not much time during dress week to, to address, to address those. So, um, yeah, time management, something we all learn. And yeah. could I just say right now that, um, and this is under discussion, I am not a makeup or wig or hair expert at all, but in small theaters, the customers are often asked to do all of those things with varying degrees of success. Yeah, that is so, you know, I have a full disclosure here. Those are things that wait until the very end for me. Um, I get, I get what I do the best done first, yeah. you know, which is not the way everyone works, but now you early on said that you, you always start with a contract with this. Now, is that something that when you work with a company that you want to talk to them during that contract phase so that you know that you're doing the hair and makeup and they know that you're doing it or you're like, no, that ain't me. I can't do that. Yeah. Is that something that you try to that make is, sure you always talk about early? That is what I have been bringing up lately. Plus who's doing wardrobe because oftentimes there isn't mm -hmm. a wardrobe person and that's, that's the question that so many people gotta just, wash those clothes. They get stinky. <laughs> <laughs> gotta wash them. Um, yeah. yeah. Those things, there are questions like that, that I think we all need on our, on our uh, general question list for contracts. That and I think that you have, yeah. <laughs> and uh, costume enclave, the, the costumer group that I'm um, involved with is working on that very thing right now. Just have some sort of a question format fill in nice. the blanks here make sure you find out about this so um yeah so okay load in day you set up the you set up the dressing room make sure it's clean get in all your stuff get it organized um pass out costume lists so people know what they're wearing when um get those lists to management so they'll know what people are wearing then and what to expect and to yeah. wardrobe so they'll know uh how to clean them and who's and those costumes um i find it easiest if they are all labeled um little names in the back or character yeah. or whatever yeah or you know even socks just put a little elastic on there with their uh pin elastic on the socks with their initials or their name it makes things easier down the road it makes things easier for wardrobe 
for everyone, actually. And then first dress, you sit in the dark and take <laughs> notes. And, right? You sit in the dark and you take notes. Oh, you sit in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, get notes afterwards and uh, after the rehearsal and just see how things work. I mean, it's a, it used to be when I first started, it was a terrifying night. But if you feel confident in what you're doing and you're calm, it's always good to re just keep calm. Yeah. Um, that will spread. It will ripple out and, um, and help the company in every single way. So yeah. whatever you do to stay calm in uh, could be a hair raising situation, do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're coming to the, well, not to the end, you know, once you have dress week, you have opening, which is like a denouement. And it's like, a, it's like an afterthought for me because for me, first dress is my opening. Yeah. It's the first time your costumes hit the stage. So you need to be ready for that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's, that's the most first, important day for me. Me, the first day of tech, my set should be ready. Yeah, should be ready to go. I yeah, really and then opening night is like, like well, free yep. food. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I could have put on a fancy dress. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, there's that too. I don't even remember doing that anymore. Um, it's been the, a while. <laughs> um. The thing about costumes, once you get through opening and everything, then there are always the, the, the practical things that you have to do afterwards, like turning in your receipts and mm -hmm. um, making sure your, your expense sheet is, is correct and filling that in, getting that in as soon as you can, um, getting any return costumes, unused costumes returned to their sources. And, you know, if you're, if you play it smart, you can get refunds at stores. Some stores don't <laughs> offer refunds, and that's not great. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then after that is, um, you know, usually there's a break until strike. You go in and strike. You organize. You clean. You take to the dry cleaners. You return. So basically, a customer is working from the whole time, you know, for that, usually what we have are four weeks of, of a run. Um, and then whatever time before then, and then I'd say about a month afterwards, you're cleaning up. So, mm -hmm. so the job continues, um, beyond the show itself. And, yeah. and that is not usually, uh, you don't get, uh, reimbursed for that. Um, Oftentimes you get paid twice. It sort of depends on how you want to set it up. Uh, once at first drip. Sometimes it's once at when you turn in the costume sketches, once when yeah. uh, first dress and then another time at closing. You know, so yeah, a lot of companies are a little different with which. Yep. But those three dates tend to be the most common if there's three period, you know, if there's three, it's usually those three kind of time frames for yep. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can arrange that when you sign up. That's so, yeah. Is that what you were thinking of hearing? I mean, that's really nuts and bolts. Yeah. There's no, no romance about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did, how did you actually decide to get started in theater? Did you like just happen into this or um, was it a conscious choice? I don't know. Like, how did you get started in doing what you do? The theater origins, <laughs> the theater <laughs> origin story. Um, you can start it wherever you want. You can make it up. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I never make thought about one. that. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, since I was very small, like four or five years old, I um, was very interested in sewing. And my, my cats can tell you that I, of that time, can tell you that I dress them. And I guess that's not an unusual thing, but I dress my cats. Um, I liked to make the clothes for my dolls rather than use the ones that were purchased. Um, uh, so we should have known that that's where I wanted, <laughs> you know, we should have known right from the start, but there, I grew up in a little, the people who know me are now going to roll my eyes, they roll their eyes. Cause I always say this, I grew up on a, on a mountaintop in Vermont and, uh, and so it was very rural and we didn't know anything about 
theater. <laughs> yeah. or, 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 you know, we knew about theater, but not the, All the backside of it, you know, yep. the costuming and so on. So we knew about acting. Um, so that, um, so I kind of had to make my own entertainment, basically. And I was much more interested in art and music at that time. I, uh, I wanted to be a musician, like a pianist, uh, an artist, a teacher, and one more thing. Can't remember what. In that order, basically. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I was exposed to, in a, a great deal, to theater. I mean, I, I was on the fringes in high school, but I didn't really participate much. Um, mm -hmm. Not until later that I realized I could combine all of those things in costuming. And that was pretty neat. And a lot yeah. of history. So, <laughs> um, so that's... We were in central Wisconsin in a little tiny town, uh, or no, medium-sized town. And uh, having moved there over the years uh, through college in Wisconsin and uh, marriage and a couple of sons, um, had been, my husband was in theater and he wanted to try out for the community players there because we had just moved there. So I went along and said, oh, I'll do props or something. I don't know. And they had me read by accident because they thought I came to try out for a part. Uh, and I got the part. <laughs> <laughs> so I did fall into theater. I fell into theater. Yeah. Um, and I, because of the background I had in sewing, which was pretty extensive with, you know, I was in 4-H and I did some pattern drafting with the extension service in Wisconsin. And so I had some background. Um, we needed a certain type of costume for one of the community theater plays and there wasn't a commercial pattern. So I said, well, I'll try patterning it. And then that was really interesting. So I started yeah. acting and costuming and then later on may had to make the decision which way I was going to go. So I thought, because I really didn't like not seeing the whole production from the stage. Yeah. I'd go, I'd go out in the house and see. And you want to go watch all the parts, not just yep. the other people. Yeah. Yep. That's, um, did, so are you more self-taught then in most of your costume besides like the early learning of sewing and stuff, but like the actual process of being a costume designer, is that mostly self-taught then? It was for a long time. I started in my twenties, as I said, and that was all, that was self-taught. And, uh, uh, I had a, a friend, a good friend in, it was in Ladysmith in Wisconsin, who's, who was a professional dancer who said, you know what, I think you need to spread your wings and, uh, maybe get some more training. So he kind of lit a fire under me to, uh, go to grad school at the U. And okay. at that time, the theater department was offering three pronged um, design degrees. So you could study costuming, uh, scenery and lighting. Oh, okay. And, you know, whatever else you wanted to add into it. But those were the three main groups. So I, mm -hmm. you know, having done a bunch of costuming, I, I went in to learn scene design and um, painting and and lighting, which is um, whoever knows what my lighting prowess is, will be on the floor laughing right now. Um, <laughs> but you understand the process now. Which is I good. do. I have some vocabulary. I understand uh -huh. what, what goes into that and how much I really hate hanging lights. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... Um, so yeah, I, I got in and, and I was able to take more training in, in costuming, um, you know, crafts and things like that, that were mm -hmm. very interesting. So, and also learned, uh, learned, uh, organization, um, learned draw, you know, just was able to practice drawing and, and painting more. It was, it was pretty, it was, it was 
the right thing for me to do. It's not the right thing for everything, everyone to do, but I, yeah. I did get an MFA eventually. Um, so that's my highest degree of education. Yeah. Um, so was um, that what caused you to like choose Minneapolis, the Twin Cities area to be your theater artistic home? That was or one was of the it, reasons. Yeah. Had you already kind of like thought about it here or is it just like, I'm going to go to school there? <laughs> Nothing in my life is that thought out. <laughs> <laughs> I tend, to, I tend to let it happen and then I move on it or I yeah. tend to let it present itself and then I will decide and move on it. I, well, it was the closest to where we live. It was the closest theater community to where mm -hmm. we live. And there's a lot of it. There was a lot of it back then too, in the eighties. Um, it was, it's was, and still is, you know, fairly inexpensive to live in this area mm -hmm. I mean, it's sort of up and down depending on where you are um and uh yeah the three-pronged the three-pronged design school was was something that attracted me um i'm looking at my notes to see whether i <laughs> had other reasons had other reasons <laughs> no, no the other reasons i have good schools for the kids for my two kids because they were both in school so I dragged my family to Minneapolis and not only did I drag them to a new area one of them was like yay city and the other was like eh. well, so, was a but, yeah <laughs> you know they made it they're great um and and I dragged my husband who said, well, if you're going to school, I'm going to school. So we had two parents in school at the U in the grad program. Wait, you both went to grad school at the same, at the same time, time with kids? Yes. You guys are braver humans than I know. <laughs> That's impressive. No, it's not impressive. It was crazy. So, I mean, both of us were torn in half because we're like, okay, we need yeah, two cars. Wow. First of all, we need two cars. <laughs> So we can do this. Fortunately, he was not in theater. So he had actual, you know, real person, yep. <laughs> real person hours. hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our older son at that time was in, um, how old was he? Seventh grade. So he was older. Yeah. No, he was you older than that. He wasn't in like preschool age where you have no, to take no. them to every single thing. They were maybe able to do some things. We on couldn't own, do but... it then. I mean, that would be unfair. That would be unkind. That would be wrong. That would be wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we were lucky that it worked out. And we, and I also think you have to think of what your kids are like. Yeah. And we knew our kids were going to, they knew what theater was by then. And they had um, experienced it personally. Um, and, uh, yeah. So we thought it would be okay. I think if it had if it had gone wrong, we would have, one of us would have pulled out right away. Yeah. yeah. You know? We were able to figure out how to make it work for you. Yeah. 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 Um, so those are why I came here. Those are the reasons. Yeah. Are there, are there reasons that you decided to stay? Because after school, you could have chose to go to any other place. I mean, theoretically. It's true. But were there any, is there a reason that you feel like this is a good home for you for your artistic? I think that, um, yeah, that's a really, that's, that's a question I hadn't considered. Um, <laughs> I think that my comfort level was good here. I was going from nothing or from a small, a big fish in a small pond mm -hmm. situation in Ladysmith to, I don't know anybody here. I need to learn people's um, names and I need to learn, you know, resources. I need to learn everything. And, you know, three years in grad school helped that quite a bit. I worked as, um, as teaching assistant for Vern Sutton over in opera theater in the music department. And that was really useful for me uh, to learn, to learn the city. Um, but why, why did I stay here? I actually had thoughts of maybe going out to LA and trying something out here. But then I talked to a good friend who worked as a costume assistant out there and she or two good friends actually and she said you know what I think she's the one who changed my mind she said you are you know you would do fine out here but 
look where you are, look all the th- at all the theater that's there mm-hmm. and all the opportunities and people are getting to know you. And maybe you should just see how that works out first. So it seems to have worked out. <laughs> things will work out. Yeah. So, and you know what? I, moving again is a lot of work. <laughs> You know, when you have, yeah. when you start out with a family and a household, uh, it's hard yeah. to move because I'd need to move them all. And uh, that didn't sound like much fun. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, with the, with you, I'm assuming that helped a little bit with you building your network of people. But like, even now, how do you kind of make sure you stay connected with other people who work? Because a lot of our work is us by ourselves for a lot of the time. Um, but how do you try to keep your network built up of people? And um... mm, It is difficult, right? Especially when you're in the, the heat of a production. Mm-hmm. I'll be so interested at, at how scheduling is going to, going to turn out after all of this discussion about it. <laughs> Reasonable <laughs> expectations. Uh, <laughs> I, and of course I lost your question. Um, I, oh, how, how do you get your network or like, thank how do you, you. connected I, to people? Yeah. I let it drop usually. Well, do you know what though? I had a, when I was, I had a day job at Norcosco for years, like 20 some odd years. And um, mm-hmm. so that was during the day I could connect with people there and they're all costumey people uh, or theater people. And then mm-hmm. we would have, folks come in to rent costumes. So I kept, I kept in touch that way. Uh, there is a group called Costume Enclave and we set it up so we could keep in touch with each other and have some solidarity because we, we, we were feeling, this is about four years ago, we started it up. Um, we were feeling too isolated and that we needed some support system of people who got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that. And then this year, this 2020 year, I've, I've expanded my network quite a bit by joining various, you know, groups like, like talc and uh, million artists movement. And, you know, again, costume enclave. We're, we're all reaching out quite a bit right now to maintain yeah. that. Connection. We're not running into each other at theaters anymore. So no. we're like, we gotta find our people. You never do it anyway. You wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't necessarily run into another customer. You might run into someone in a different field, part right. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. For sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Are has there been things that have changed a lot for you from when you started costuming to now? I know that there are things that you guys are working on, which is amazing. Are there things that like maybe have already changed? And then are there things that you want to still change? I guess is the question. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. It's a slow process. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of years ago, a year ago, a couple of years ago, um, there was a, there was kind of a, a meeting of minds uh, whoever was interested in talking about um, realistic expectations and um, pay equity and um, scheduling and things. And I, there were, there were thoughts dropped on the table then that um, some artistic directors who were there, it was a com- yes, it was a conversation with artistic directors and designers and other technicians um, mm-hmm. And some and some things have uh, been started. People are aware that you know pay transparency is good, and um, uh, pay equity is even better. Um, scheduling needs needs help. Uh, sustainability. Uh, we need. We need to take care of ourselves so that as you know, we're hearing this all around us, but we need to take care of ourselves so that we can present our best work. Um, so these things are, were, were brought up a, a few years back and they, you know, they've been out in the air, out in the ether for some time being discussed, but I think it really took this past year to 
to push them forward more quickly and 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 um, make people more aware. Yeah. Yeah. We have a little more time to like to sit and think about it because you're not also busy building a show. Oh gosh, right yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a little bit of that like. I've always wanted to try to fix and change things, but I'm always so busy. It's hard to fit changing things in while you're working on the thing that's currently happening. So that's, are you feeling, I don't know what you're feeling about this, but are you feeling uh, nervous? I don't know. Are you working right now? Are you doing any productions? Are you feeling nervous about going back? I'm feeling nervous. Here's the thing that I'm feeling the most nervous about is that people will have forgotten about me. Oh, of course. So what are you doing? I'm still new enough in the area, not super new, but I was just doing that transition from those super, super small theaters to some of the like mid-sized theaters in town. Uh, I don't know what to do. That's the trick is I don't know if now's the time to start making sure those theaters still know about me. I don't think they really are going to forget about me. Like really, I don't feel like that, but it also like that internal imposter syndrome in the back of your mind keeps telling me oh no they're gonna there's all these other people and these other jobs can do it online you don't have the skills to do zoom theater or maybe i do but i don't want to do zoom theater it's not me um so it's hard it's very hard to figure out how to stay involved and stay connected to those companies. Cause I'm like, I just kind of started my relationship with some of these companies that I would love to be on the ground floor when they come back. But I'm not sure where the place is to ask or to make that statement to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that is I, because it's such uncharted area. This Might is be so right here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just keep, well, and the other, you know, it, it, a lot of it is, is it's hard to feel creative to do the skills, like build my models or paint on things like that. So I'm trying to find other things that are very similar mm-hmm. to what we do normally. So for me, it's, I normally build m- miniature models. So there's one behind I me. See so it. if you're you can see that. Um, so I've been built, painting little miniatures for other games and for other things to keep those skills up but I don't feel comfortable building a set right now. It feels wrong. It doesn't feel, I I have other friends who built imaginary sets for shows that they want to do something. I'm so, I love that collaboration that when I build a set for myself, I'm missing part of the process. Exactly. You have to be everybody. You have to be everybody. And I don't like it. I don't like, (laughs) I'm not a director. That's not my brain. I want a director to bounce ideas off of because I find that, and I'm assuming, I think you do the way it sounds. I find that my art gets elevated when I can bounce my idea off of someone else. When I have to explain to someone what my idea is, and if they don't understand it, there's no way when an audience member walks in and sees my set, they're not going to understand it if the director already doesn't understand it. Yeah. Because then I didn't do my job at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, to- I absolutely. I'm, I'm in agreement <laughs> with you. That's, um, that is a challenge. <laughs> yeah. um, when, when it comes to collaboration, I, I was, I'm curious and I always want to ask is like, as a, as a costume designer, sometimes, and I, I really hope that this doesn't happen that often, you are brought in after some of the other collaboration is already done. Is that is that something that you would like to keep, like you love doing it that way? Or do you want to try to be like in the room sooner with the rest of the people, like to help that conversation? Thank you. I want Everybody to be in the room. Cool. I want to be in the room right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to hear... Yes, because I come in after set, yeah. usually, and along with sound and lighting. Are, yeah, usually along with sound and lighting, at least in most of my most of my theaters. I have a, you know, it's come down to about five theaters I work regularly for. And, yeah. uh, and so, um, and that needs to be changed up too, I think. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, um, so there's a certain shorthand that happens and uh and I would I would just like to um perhaps 
get my voice in the conversation before I do so that it's not as reactive. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a pretty reactive person, but I would, I would like to um, have the opportunity at least to uh, put forward some thoughts that maybe other people could, could consider. Yeah. Could in pull their, from. In their yeah. Work. yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely always tried to figure out what that balance is because again, it's the process of, how do I say that? Uh, I don't, I know that you're not getting, you're getting paid X number of dollars and I don't want to make, you have to go to more meetings for X number of dollars, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. But I want you to be part of this conversation because I have found as a set designer that there have been many times where an amazing idea for my set comes from someone that is not me. You know, my lighting designer has this amazing idea. My costume designer has this, like, I would love to be able to have this giant, huge costume thingy, whatever, or could I do this or this? But if I've already designed the set, it's hard to like, you can shift it, but yeah. it's, I would rather have you guys in earlier on that conversation if I can but I also don't want to make you do more work. So it's that weird, like, I don't know how to, to help solve that problem. I mean, I know that it's like, hey, come to the meeting, but that doesn't mean you get paid more <laughs> or doesn't get covered for that time that you're there. Do you know, I really think that um, us all getting so comfortable with Zoom will be a real um, aid in production meetings. Yeah, because then you could be there if you don't have time to drive across town. I mean, every drive I go to a production meeting in either city is going to take at least a half hour, yeah. you know, because I'm out in the burbs. So yeah. uh, I, and that, and that's an hour. And then, you know, that's an hour away from work you could be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My last three, or two, last two designs before the pandemic actually were almost all entirely designed via the internet because we were in different states. So my director for one was in a different state. And then yep. the the other one, the director was in one state. I was in a different state. And then the costume and lighting designer were in the same state, but different cities. So like an hour away from each other. So we always, everything was done through the internet. Like we were not into the, in the same room yeah. until like three days before the first rehearsal. Well, one thing that does is forces you to be really clear about mm -hmm. about your design and your thoughts. And, yeah, yeah, well, you have to explain them in a different way mm -hmm. uh, and have to be able to have a lot of conversations through email, which is interesting sometimes, or through weird voice calls in the afternoon where you're like, okay, I'm going to explain what my image looks like. You can't see it because we couldn't get video to work. So like... You have to explain yeah. different things, and so that's definitely tricky. Yeah. Do you are, <laughs> do you find um, sometimes you just have to make that phone call so mm -hmm. they can hear your voice and yeah. hear the nuances or whatever you know well, your expressiveness. For me, I I am dyslexic, so some of it is is I have a harder time writing things out. So for me, I'm a much better like in the moment. Let me just talk to you about this. Let me explain it. And if you're not understanding it, I can try to re-explain it in a better way rather than sending 15 emails back and forth of us trying to get to the same point. And so sometimes it's a combo of like, here, I sent you five pictures. When you see them, give me a call. Yeah. Because then we can talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that, that cool. to me is very helpful. And I also, I can hear them thinking. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's exactly what I meant. Yes. You can hear the nuances. <laughs> the you nuances can hear the person go, I just don't, I don't know. Or whatever. So you yeah. can kind of get that. Um, yeah. Kind of feeling there. <clears throat> true. Very true. What else? Are there, are there things that you still like goals that you still want as oh, a costume yeah. designer that you're still hoping for? Or is it just like, just keep doing it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And this past year has helped me to think through those things and what, what happens next. I mean, um, I am, I am at towards the end of my career as a costume designer. I, am, you know, I'm in my seventies, so I'm getting social security, um, which thank God for that. I mean, I started, I signed up for social security, just a note 
when I was uh, in last February. I mean, the timing couldn't have been oh, right before, yeah. better. Couldn't have right been better. So I work. really <laughs> lucked out. <laughs> yeah. I did. And I, I, I know that is a, that is a privilege. Absolutely. But what things that I, I'm still looking to do. Um, I mean, I am, I love good, weird, hard truth, expressionistic, you know, hard topic shows. That's, that's my favorite. Those are, those are what I want to talk about through my costumes. And, uh, and when I do shows, that's, unless I'm doing them for a friend (laughs) or, you know, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I head. Um, but I'm going to be cutting down. I, you know, I've been layering on and layering on and there's no reason for me to do that. Um, when there are other people who, who need to climb that barrier and get in. So I'm opening, um, I'm opening up space for other people once we get back and uh or I plan to and I want to all the time with with talc with the Minnesota theater standards safety theater safety standards I um I realize with the research I've done for that that I I am very interested in um mentorships and being a mentor so this is perfect you know so thank you I was just say you, the other benefit that you have as like a mentor is like, if you're bringing someone in and normally when someone hires you, you said they get your costume stock. Like if you could help a mentee, someone who's really new to have access to another stock of stuff and then be able to teach them the knowledge that you've had, that's really helpful because not everyone can have a stock of costumes somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm lucky to have the room. But people just don't have room, you know? Yeah, a lot of people don't have room for it or don't have the money to keep it, whatever it is, whether it's stuff or whatever. And so that could be a very good boon to someone who's new. Um, Mm -hmm. Another thing I want, just segueing from that, is I um, would like to find some way of uh, setting up a communal art, you know, costume artist venue space mm-hmm. for storage for you know maybe making videos uh, educational videos for uh, a place to work um, so having machines there um, a place to learn so for classes just all, there are so many different ways it could go and it's 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 a big yeah. project but I'm very interested in doing that um, and helping on that. And then what else am I doing? Uh, goals. Yeah, that's, those are, those are the main ones. Yeah. Those are the main ones. So it's, it's a shift. I'm shifting, you know, from just, and I think I've said a lot of what I've said a lot on stage (laughs) and it's time for other people to say, something to have their turn to have their say and i i look forward to to that i um i feel it's the right time um it could have been the right time perhaps even four years ago you know so um i apologize to anyone i've you know i've gotten in the way of and i will do my best to get out of the way yeah. Are, is there any advice that you would give to, say, a young or a new artist in costumes or even other areas? Um, just starting out, is there advice you would give to them? Or even, say, like, young version of yourself? What would you have told yourself? What would now? I have told myself? <laughs> I think that's easier for me. Yeah, what sometimes it's easier to say, what would you have told yourself now that you are here? What would you, like either 20 year old you or right out of grad school, you, what would you have said about what you're, what you should be doing or what you should focus on? Yeah. Uh, I would say, take care of yourself, take care of your body, take care of your emotional, um, mental health. And, um, through doing that, you will be able to approach your work 
um, with greater joy. And I also would say, think ahead. And that, as I was saying, that's one of the hardest things for me to do, but plan ahead. Uh, you will get older. And um, okay. if you can possibly get some security going in your life, that's, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different ways and so many different lives. I don't know, but um, yeah. you know, that's pretty important. <laughs> Um, having, having lived as a freelancer for 15 years straight, I know that, and that mm -hmm. was, you know, ages ago when I first started, I know that tipping that scale of either having just about barely enough or mm, that's a little scary. Not having enough is really hard on the psyche. It's, I mean, it yeah. makes you sick. It makes you physically sick and it makes yeah. you not, it, it makes your art suffer. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so those two things are pretty important, I think, but there's something, may I just quote, uh, Theo Langison, sure. one of my favorite people in town, he, in one of his, um, in one of his writings said, Theo, hi. Uh, he said, whether you are working a day job or making all your income from art, none of it is more or less than the other. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, yeah. it's important. This still is, an artist, no matter what. Yeah. And this yeah. is, uh, I think where this is, uh, your, your podcast is going to be very helpful in, in showing that there is value to what we do. It's not just a hobby as some people think. I mean, some yeah. people just don't understand what goes yeah. into it. And they don't understand how it fits into a day job. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what is theater to you? Is it yeah. a hobby? No. <laughs> no, it's but I career. have a day job also because right. of other reasons. Yeah, yeah, so there's that that definition yeah. that's really hard. Well, and everyone takes a everyone takes a non theater job, I should say, or a day job for different reasons. Some people like having two different things to use their brain on. Some people need that security when they're doing freelance, you know, like it doesn't matter as long as if, if they love doing what we do, then I say, do it. Come do join it. us. Yeah. <laughs> do it. But know that uh, it's a challenge. It there is a challenge. challenge. Yeah. It is definitely not always a cakewalk. It, it has its moments of cakewalking, sometimes serious cake, but, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times it, it is work. We do work. We do a lot of work for what is a wonderful job to do. It's, it's wonderful, but it is work. Yeah. You know, uh, and I've said many it. times, if you, if you don't love it, why would you even do it? You know, because yeah. it is, it is constant yeah. work. Yeah. And I think you can love it and choose to do something else for a while and come back to it or, or choose to just appreciate all the work that you used to do and do something else. And, yep. and all of that is wonderful and beautiful and it gives totally you perspective. Gives yeah. you perspective. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, totally. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share or talk with? Um, oh, I think I've said quite enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where we could talk for hours or we could talk yeah. for short periods of time. Um, if, if people were like wanting to chat with you more, is that something that would totally be fine? If someone was like, sure. Hey, can we have coffee? Can we have a zoom conversation? Yeah. Um, uh, to help start that conversation between maybe a young or a new artist um, to someone who's knows a little more, or at least has been through the craziness for a little bit. Um, I welcome uh, it. I would welcome that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I would like to thank you very much for coming and joining us. Um, and sharing your you. knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to uh, to talk with you, Lieza, and get to know you just a little tiny bit. <laughs> Before you go, we just want to give you an update on our podcast. This episode concludes our second season, and we have big plans for our future. We are taking a little break in June and July and hope to be back at the end of the summer with new content and a few surprises. We appreciate all the support and hope to keep hearing feedback from our listeners. Remember to recommend us to your students, theater-loving friends, and colleagues. Keep hitting that like button on our Facebook page and follow or subscribe on those podcast platforms. It all helps us make better episodes. Without further ado, we roll our credits. 
We Shadows was created by Liesa Behrens, Rachel Lanto, and Anita Kelling. It was recorded over Zencaster and produced by Anita Kelling. Our theme music was composed and performed by J. William Kelsch. We Shadows can be found wherever you search for your podcasts. Have a good summer, and we'll see you back here soon. <laughs>